You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Wednesday edition of the podcast. Hope you guys are all doing fantastic out there wherever you might be. Plenty to get to ahead on this episode of Locked On Cougars. Talking about 1990 in BYU football history. Something happened that year? Did a couple of things happen that year? Yeah, we got a few of them. We'll talk about all of that ahead on today's show. We'll also continue our look at BYU's position groups, getting you ready for the upcoming season. Fall camp, not too far away, folks, and we'll continue to break all of those position groups down. Today, we're going to talk about offensive line position, in particular, the left tackle spot. What does Blake Freeland have to do to really step in and fill the shoes of Brady Christensen? We'll get to that. We'll also talk a little bit about the defense. We're going to take a look at the joker position for BYU's defense. What is the joker position? Glad you asked. We'll try and explain it ahead on today's show. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by our good friends over the Locked On College Football channel no matter what your interest might be outside of BYU they have conference specific shows that you guys can check out whether you have an interest in the SEC the Big 12 Big 10 Pac-12 or the ACC check out each of those conference specific shows wherever you get your podcasts all right without further ado though here on a Wednesday let's get into it this is the Locked On Cougars podcast for July 21st 2021 What's up, my friends? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on your only daily podcast focused on all things BYU. Once again, a reminder for those of you who've been listening or if you're listening to the show for the first time this week, I am technically on vacation. Let's be clear about that. Spending some time at the lake with my family and my children, getting some dad time ahead of what is expected to be a pretty crazy football season. But nonetheless, any breaking news involving BYU, I don't anticipate any, but anything breaking this week, I may weigh in on social media. You can search out at Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter or Locked On Cougars on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, and we'll weigh in on it there. But we'll get to any or all breaking news react to it on a Monday edition next week once I am back from vacation but didn't want to leave you guys hanging in the balance obviously so wanted to pre-record some stuff for you guys and let you guys hear a little bit about BYU starting off today's show though one of the I think biggest accomplishments in BYU's football history the biggest being the national championship you celebrate that 1984 will never be matched I think in BYU football history and in some ways even if they were to win another national title, would it really match up with how big of a breakthrough it was for BYU in 1984 to do that? I don't know. We could have a debate on that at some point, but nonetheless, 1984, that's the pinnacle of BYU as a program, but the pinnacle of BYU as an athlete in terms of an individual athlete Probably none bigger than what happened in 1990 for Ty Detmer. Obviously, many of you remember that 1990 season fondly. It involved some absolutely epic games, some epic performances by different players. None bigger, obviously, than Detmer and his uh, winning that Heisman Trophy. And it seemingly, by the way, the, the trophy itself 
I think it signaled the many, many years that BYU had just really been in the national consciousness. You can think about it. We've been talking about BYU being a major power player in the sport for the better part of two decades at this point. 1972, uh, not Ty Detmer, Lavelle Edwards takes over and the epic run of quarterbacks who finished consistently in the top five of the Heisman Trophy balloting, if not top three, and in some cases is the runner up. Ty Demmer, I have to think of this as just being an award both for his excellence during 1990, but also the payoff of the other quarterbacks who laid the groundwork before him and really brought BYU's quarterback position to the forefront in football consciousness. And I think Ty Demmer benefited from that. And that's not to take anything away from what he did during the 1990 season. He was far and away one of, if not the best player in the sport. Let's look at the stats for Ty Demmer during this season. Just absolutely incredible for BYU. 5,000 passing yards. Just think about that. In this era of football, 5,000 yards is absolutely insane. It's even insane to think about in the modern day. But Ty Detmer finished that year with 5,188 yards passing, passed for an, an incredible 41 touchdowns, did have 28 interceptions. In the modern era of football, 20 interceptions is almost unacceptable, but during this era, you could get away for, get away with it. He also absorbed 31 sacks during that season, had a passing efficiency number of 155.89 absolutely insane numbers. His receivers will obviously benefited from this. Andy Boyce, 1,241 yards and 13 touchdowns, 79 receptions. Chris Smith, back for a second year, had another 1,000-yard season of 1,156 yards, just two touchdowns for Chris Smith. Uh, Matt Bellini, 601 yards receiving. Brett Nyberg, 816 yards. Micah Matsuzaki, one of the fun names to say, he had 493 yards. There are so many guys who benefited from just the absolute stellar campaign that Ty Detmer put on display. And obviously Ty Detmer benefited from it as he was on his way to winning winning the Heisman Trophy. And there was some thought that BYU may have a chance to challenge for the national championship, especially after they started the season in the fashion that they did. Many of you know about the upset of Miami. It's nothing that is, whoa, what? They upset Miami? What are you talking about? They were the defending national champions? Yeah, they were. The Miami Hurricanes came to BYU on September 8th, played in Provo at Cougar Stadium. But funny enough, BYU actually already played a game that year. They won at UTEP on September 1st, 30-10, to 10, taking care of the Miners in fine fashion. Not necessarily a dominant performance, but you just took care of business against UTEP. Then you came home on September 8th to take on the Miami Hurricanes. Like I mentioned, the Hurricanes, the defending national champions. This is, if you watch the 30 for the 30, 30 for 30 of the U. This is the heyday of the Miami football program. Also, as referenced recently, if you've been watching Young Rock on NBC, it was referenced in there because The Rock, Dwayne Johnson himself, was on this Miami football team. They came to Provo and Ty Detmer, despite it being just a 28 to 21 victory, maybe played the best game of his life. Ty Detmer was a magician during this game. He was making plays. There's a famous play where two uh, Miami defenders are converging on Detmer. Somehow he escapes both of them. They take each other out and he throws for a touchdown. Any of you who have not watched this game in its entirety, I'm calling you to repentance right now and telling you get to you. YouTube, get to BYUtv.org, get to wherever you can watch this game, watch it in its entirety, and enjoy just the utter brilliance of Ty Detmer. It was a stunning upset, the biggest upset maybe in BYU football history. 
just it, it was incredible what BYU did with that upset. Uh, it was a headline everywhere the next day. And just a little personal note on this. This is one of the first games I can remember in my young childhood. I, many of you will recall, maybe if you don't, I was born in 1987. So 1990, I'm what, three years old at this point, nearing up towards four years old. And I remember throwing a fit. It's one of my earliest memories of BYU football. I was throwing a fit that I wanted to go to the game because I had gone to many games as a three-year-old the previous year in 1989. I wanted to go to this game. I didn't necessarily know the magnitude of it. I just wanted to go to the football game. I wanted to go watch it, but my parents went instead and got to observe one of the great upsets, if not the great upset in BYU football history. Well, after that upset, BYU was off to the races, it felt like, in 1990. They had started the year ranked number 16, and they were number 16 when Miami came as the number one team to Cougar Stadium. Well, after that upset, BYU jumped into the top 10. They were ranked number five the following week when they hosted Washington State, got revenge for the loss the previous year, winning that game 50-36. to Then were ranked number four as San Diego State came to Provo, won that game 62-34. to And then a bit of a stunner is BYU went to Oregon to face off against the Ducks on September 29th, played this game on ABC National Television there at Autzen Stadium, and lost 32 to 16. Bill Musgrave, who has gone on to be a great offensive coordinator in the NFL, well, he was the star quarterback for the Ducks as they took down BYU. The Cougars tumbled to number 13 in the rankings when they took on Colorado State after a bye week on October 13th. Bounced back, though, in fine fashion, winning 52 to 9, then smashing New Mexico the following week as the number 9 team in the country, 55 to 31. And then they really got going here. They went to Air Force, won that game 54 to 7 ranked number 10, then took on number 25 Wyoming in Laramie as the number 8 team in the country on ESPN, blew out the Cowboys 45-14, to went to Utah, decided, you know what, we are big brothers still, beat the Utes at Rice Stadium 45-22, to and then uh, hosted Utah State for their home finale at Cougar Stadium as the number 4 team in the country, winning that game 45-10. to So BYU, as they traveled finally on December 1st to Hawaii for the regular season finale already has 10 wins in the bank they're 10 and 1 they've absolutely rolled most of their opponents the stunner is that loss to Oregon and the day they uh, played the game there in Hawaii Ty Demmer was sitting poolside when the Heisman Trust announced that he had won the 1990 Heisman Trophy Award and some of you may think that that is what led to what was a stunning 59 to 28 blowout loss to the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors that night Uh, many of you might know the name Mackenzie Milton. Well, Mackenzie Milton, the star quarterback at UCF, his his father was actually the star quarterback for Hawaii in this game when they took care of business against the Cougars, handing the Cougars their second loss of the year. So BYU goes into bowl season 10-2. and two. They go to Jack Murphy Stadium, their home away from home for seemingly two decades to take on number... Uh, not, actually, Texas A&M wasn't ranked. I, I apologize. Uh, A&M comes into this game. BYU ranked number 13 in the Holiday Bowl. This game played on ES ESPN. Ty Demmer gets injured early in this game and uh, never recovered from it as they lost 65-14. to So BYU absolutely smoked in the final two games of the 1990 season, but you cannot take away the fact that Ty Detmer had the hardware. He had that Heisman Trophy in his back pocket, and I don't think that the Hawaii or the Texas A&M loss 
are real indications of how good the 1990 BYU football program was. Maybe they weren't top five nationally good, but I refuse to believe that they were any worse than 10th. I truly believe this was a top 10 caliber team and absolutely had a stellar, stellar season for the BYU football program. And it all culminated, obviously, with Ty Detmer getting that Heisman Trophy that he still is very proud of to this day. He is a regular participant at the Heisman Trophy ceremony each year, it seems like. And it's fun to see him out there representing BYU. Other standouts from this team before we go included Dewey Gray, Derwin Gray himself leading BYU with six interceptions on the year. He had one that he returned for a touchdown. Brian Mitchell, another standout in BYU secondary, also had four interceptions uh, during the 1990 season. He also returned one of those for a touchdown. And in addition, to Tony Crutchfield had three interceptions and a touchdown. So congratulations to all of them on that. Rocky Beagle was BYU's leading tackler on the year with 86 total tackles. Shad Hansen just behind him with 80 tackles. And Brian Mitchell, 70 tackles from his safety spot. Dewey Gray, as we mentioned, had the six interceptions. He had six pass breakups in addition to 63 total tackles. Mitchell led BYU in overall pass break with 13 on the year for the Cougars that year. And their leading kicker on the year, Earl Kaufman, steps to the forefront. 55 of 59 on extra points. Also made 12 of his 15 attempted uh, field goals. 80% on the season for him. Uh, Keith Lever kicked the other field goal during the year. Had one field goal he made in addition to all five of his extra points attempted. So there you go. Kind of the rundown of what we took away from the 1990 season. The, the hardware. That's plain and simple. You win the Heisman Trophy. You are a legend in the sport. And Ty Detmer finally fulfilling. I think and I've talked to people about this around this era. There was some thought that BYU may never ultimately get the Heisman Trophy considering guys like Mark Wilson, like Jim McMahon, Steve Young, they never were able to get it. Well, Ty Detmer came along and changed that. Will they ever get a Heisman Trophy again? Mm, there's a question to be asked there. But nonetheless, they do have one of those trophies down there at the Student Athlete Building all the same. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll break into our position previews, looking at both the left tackle position for the BYU offensive line and then later on in today's show, what is the joker position for BYU defense? We'll get to all of that here in just a few moments. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Bet Online. They are the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action, my friends. Of course, baseball season in full swing on the weekends. There's golf, there's UFC, MMA action, uh, NBA finals. Uh, man, there's everything. Football's upcoming, obviously. They've got futures odds, over under t- win totals, uh, opening spreads for the opening weekend of the college football season. No matter what your betting interest is, Bet Online is the resource for you guys. Use your mobile device, or use your computer to get to betonline.ag and sign up for a free account now. And also while you're there, make sure you take advantage of the 50% welcome bonus available to you guys as listeners right here on Locked On Cougars. When you're there at betonline.ag, use the promo code Locked On when you make your first deposit, and you'll get 50% of whatever you deposit that first time added in as free money to bet with. Yes, free money from a sports book. I don't know many other sports books out there who are willing to do this, so take advantage of it now. That's betonline.ag, promo code Locked On with that first deposit, and take advantage of their offers now. That's betonline, your online sports. Sportsbook experts. 
All right, folks, as we continue on now with our position preview series here on Locked on Cougars, let's take a look at the offensive line, and in particular, the left tackle position. Brady Christensen departs, obviously. Third-round draft pick of the Carolina Panthers, hoping he has all kinds of success in the NFL. What a story, by the way, of Brady Christensen, that he rose from essentially nothing, and I don't mean that to be derogatory in any way, shape, or form, but this was a young man who did not get an offer from B. BYU until the weekend before National Signing Day before his LDS mission. He was a lightly thought of prospect at a bountiful high school, played baseball, basketball, was the center fielder for his high school team for the Braves, if I'm not mistaken, up there. What did they change their name to, by the way, Bountiful? They, they changed their nickname recently, but nonetheless, he was a lightly recruited athlete, came home off of his mission, and just had grown into what his frame, his body, uh, what it could be. And became a stellar left tackle for BYU. Not necessarily the most physically imposing left tackle, but quite possibly one of the most athletic that has ever graced BYU. We're talking a guy who had a 10-foot, 4-inch broad jump. That measures explosiveness. We're talking about an incredible athlete. Well, as he moves on now to the NFL, how do you go about replacing that? Well, I think you take one athlete and replace him with another stellar athlete, and that is where Blake Freeland enters the conversation here. Blake Freeland is a sophomore from Harriman High School, six foot eight, three hundred and two pounds on BYU's roster that they or their depth chart that they handed out at BYU Football Media Day. And Freeland, for everything that Brady Christensen was as an athlete at Bountiful High School, well, Freeland maybe to a higher degree was that. He has a very different backstory, but an interesting one nonetheless, speaking of Freeland, because this is a guy, before he got to BYU, had never actually played in a game, to my knowledge, as an offensive lineman. During his time as a Harriman Mustang, he played quarterback, tight end, defensive end, and just overall athlete for the Harriman Mustangs. It was not a big guy in terms of his overall weight, but you could see the frame was there. And the best part is he's got bloodlines that connected him to BYU with his father having played offensive line for BYU. BYU convinced him, hey, you can be a standout tackle for us. And ever since he showed up at BYU, he's put on that requisite weight. He's got the imposing frame that Brady Christensen can only dream of. Six foot eight, folks. You can't teach that type of size, plain and simple. And I'm looking forward to seeing what Blake Freeland does. Well, it takes some adjusting for him to move over from what he had played previously at right tackle to adjust to playing left tackle. Sure, there have been guys who have talked about how some linemen are more proficient and more comfortable on one side or the other, but the expectation is Blake Freeland now moves in as a sophomore to that left tackle position and will be the guy there until he decides he's going to the NFL or he graduates. I'm looking forward to seeing what Blake Freeland does at left tackle. I think he's got every bit the ability to continue the stellar run at left tackle that Brady Christensen brought back to BYU after many, many years of not having it. Like I said, he's got the frame, six foot eight, 302 pounds. He's a true athlete, a guy who can run, who can uh, really just do things. Oh, by the way, outside of playing multiple positions uh, on the football field at Harriman, oh yeah, a standout uh, basketball player who can still dunk a basketball to this day and you stand 
stand six foot eight. I think the expectation is you can dunk a basketball, but still at 300 pounds, he can still dunk a basketball. Oh, and he's also a state champion track and field thrower in the throws. Uh, shot put, the discus. He won the state championships in, in those events as well at the 6A level in the state of Utah. This is a true athlete, and I'm looking forward to seeing what Blake Freeland does. Is This is going to be his job. His backup on the roster currently is an interesting uh, character in his own right. That's Keanu Saliapaga, a former defensive lineman who transitioned to offensive line for BYU as a uh, freshman for the Cougars. Became a very, very good player, but then has been kind of derailed by multiple injuries over the past year plus. And the hope is that he can get back on the field and continue to contribute to the BYU football program. I have my doubts, if I'm being frank, that Keanu Saliapaga will ever see the field once again for BYU because I just don't think he's going to make it back. And there's some off the field stuff that's also been hampering him. That's been the bigger issue recently. He returned from injury to play a little bit last year, but then got re injured. And all obviously his off the field uh, issues have caught up to him. So I'm going to be surprised, but it'll be a pleasant surprise if Keanu Saliapaga lines up for BYU on the offensive line once again. But if he is available, he is a more than capable backup at left tackle for BYU. I think he'd be a great guy uh, to have there. If there is another need there at left tackle for somebody to step in and be the backup, I'd imagine it's probably a guy listed to the backup at right tackle, and that is Braden Kime, a another uh, uh, product of the Utah high school systems. Uh, Braden Kime comes from Alta High School, was a big frame, six foot eight in his own right, probably weighed what 240 pounds when he showed up at BYU. They list him at six eight, 291 pounds. To think you could have two guys who stand six foot eight uh, at left tackle for BYU as the starter and backup. They're recruiting some big boys, folks, on that offensive line, but I really think this is Blake Freeland's job, folks. I think that he is more than capable. The expectation is that there will not be much, if any, drop-off from Brady Christensen to Blake Freeland, but that may be pie-in-the-sky thinking. I think that, though, the, the skill set, the overall mentality is there for Blake Freeland to have success at this position, and the hope is that he makes it his. He takes over, and we don't even think about left tackle as being a problem for BYU's offensive line. We'll find out more, obviously, in fall camp as we get closer and closer to that, but still very interesting all the same to look at that position and wonder what might be for the Cougars there. All right, we will wrap up today's show next, flipping over to the defense talking about the joker position what does this position entail what to expect from it we'll get to it here in just a moment today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends over at built bar folks i'm a broken record on this i love built bars i know there are some people out there who say that they don't like them you know what i am a huge huge fan of built bars and they're not just paying me to say that i i I can say that sincerely i have ordered my fair share of built bars and i will continue to do it i absolutely love them the best part about it is built bars are not only the best tasting protein bar ever, but they're healthy too. The macros in them, 17 to 18 grams of protein packed into these bars. Their calorie ranges from 130 to 180 calories, so very low on the calorie front. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all of them tasty, all of them healthy. And by the way, with the Olympics upcoming, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So when you're supporting Built Bar, you are in turn supporting USA track and field as they head to Tokyo. Well, they're probably already there, but as they get ready for the Olympic Games beginning later this week. 11 delicious flavors at all times. You can order at Built.com. I love the raspberry flavor. My all-time favorite is Cherry Barcia. I'm a big fan of the fruit flavor, but in addition to that, they also have cookies and 
cream, German chocolate, double chocolate, mint brownie. Check them out, guys. You can go to built.com right now. That's B-U-I-L-T.com. While you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your next order. It's a great way to try all the different flavors available to you guys. I would encourage you guys to order their variety pack. Take advantage of it now. That's built.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Built Bars, the best tasting protein bars ever. Let's take a minute today and talk to you about a team that is just as good as the 1984 BYU National Championship team. Is that heresy in BYU fandom? Maybe so, but I want to talk to you guys about our good friends over at First Colony Mortgage. Did you know that First Colony was founded in 1984, the very year that BYU won the national championship? Well, First Colony, similar to BYU football, has been kicking butt ever since. We want to encourage you guys to take advantage of what First Colony can do for you. What is First Colony? Well, they are a full-service mortgage lender, so that means from beginning to end, everything is being taken care of in-house by the First Colony team. Zach Kicken is our loan officer here at First Colony for the Locked On Cougars podcast. Some of you might be familiar with Zach and his work, previously working with KSL Sports and KSL TV. He did a bang-up job in that realm. He'll do a bang-up job for you guys when it comes to the home lending business. If you guys want to take care of anything in the home lending business, whether it's buying a new home, uh, cashing out on some of your home's equity with a cash-out refinance, or just simply want to take advantage of super low rates currently, Zach will take care of you from top to bottom beginning to end. I want you guys to go check out his work. You can go to hickenhomeloans.com. That's H-I-C-K-E-N homeloans.com, hickenhomeloans.com, or you can call Zach directly, 801-380-0752 and get in touch with him. This is a great team, guys. Zach is a dear, dear friend of mine. I have met with him. I want you guys to check out what First Colony can do for you. That's First Colony Mortgage, Zach Hicken, NMLS 205 2216 First Colony Mortgage NMLS 3112 First Colony Mortgage is an equal housing lender. That's First Colony Mortgage, a proud partner with us here on Locked On Cougars. All right, my friends, before we go here on a Wednesday edition of the podcast, continue on with our position previews, looking ahead to BYU fall camp. Let's talk about the Joker position. Yes, we've talked about such positions as Jack. We've talked about Frodo. Well, today we talk about the Joker. And the Joker, similar to some of the other defensive positions we have talked about recently, is another one of those quote-unquote hybrid positions. The four players listed on the Joker position in terms of the depth chart include redshirt senior safety Jared Capisi, uh, freshman Dean Jones, uh, junior Jason Money, a former product of both Spanish Fork and the University of Utah, if I'm not mistaken. And then finally, Wes Wright, a walk-on formerly of Snow College as well as Manti High School. And similar to what we talked about, if you listen to yesterday's podcast with the Jack position, this is a position that it kind of bridges the gap between defensive back in addition to also potentially playing a linebacker role. We're talking bigger-bodied safeties who can come up and help in run support, but also cover when it comes to teams putting out four, maybe five wide receivers on the field. Capisi is one of two guys who are using the quote-unquote super senior rule to come back and play for BYU. Uriah Leatawa, who we also talked about yesterday, is the other. I decided, you know what, I have unfinished business as a BYU Cougar, so I'm coming back. And Capisi is an interesting character. He's not the fastest guy, also not the biggest guy, but very effective when he's on the field. And I think this is a role that is going to fit him well. I am very intrigued 
intrigued by the fact that Dean Jones is a true freshman is listed as the backup of this position. Dean Jones is a former product of Arizona high school football, but also has not played football very long as he actually was a rodeo guy growing up, uh, participated in rodeo, tough as nails, six foot to 195 pounds. The expectation is he will pack on some pack on some weight, excuse me, as his career progresses. But I think this is kind of a tailor-made position for a guy like Dean Jones, who is not afraid to come up and hitting guys. If you watch his film, this is a guy who's an absolute thumper in the run game. This could be a good spot for him. Jason Money and Wes Wright, also not the most fleet of foot guys, but bigger bodied players who aren't big enough to necessarily play a true linebacker spot, but can take advantage where they can with this type of type of a position. I like the nickname Joker as the position. I think it's a good one that BYU will be able to deploy. Think of it as being an extra defensive back that also can help support the run game if a team sees what they think is a perceived advantage in the run game and decides to run at BYU. Well, this joker position, their job is going to be to be that extra run for, run enforcer, come up, make the hit, make the tackle, or just overall just make a play. So there you go. That is what the joker position, based on what I understand and what I anticipate looking at BYU depth chart to be that is going to do it for this wednesday edition of the show a big thank you as always for you guys' support it's a blast to talk with you guys every single day and even when i'm technically on vacation i'm still talking with you guys every single day but it is so much fun to be with you guys hope you guys are all having a great day whenever you hear this this has been the locked on cougars podcast for july 21st 2021 and we will talk to you guys tomorrow